On this episode of the BYO Nano Podcast, the customer experience is crucial to making sure your brewery can continue to operate in a meaningful way. We have an expert coming up with insight into what patrons are looking for. This is John Hall, and welcome to episode 37. A quick word on content. This show is for nano brewers, both existing and in planning. So tell us what you want to hear. What are the topics that you want to learn more about? What issues are you interested in? And who are the brewers you want to hear from? You can email us. It's nano at byo.com. And now on to the show. While January can be a slow month for some hospitality-based businesses, it can also be a chance to take a look under the hood to make sure that the customers walking through the door are getting the best possible experience. It's also a chance to make any adjustments so that the rest of the year delivers a quality experience. Michael Varda is the founder of Craft Beer Advisory Services, and he'll join me in just a few minutes. But first, a word of thanks to this show's sponsors, and we hope you'll give them a closer look. Fermentus. Hey, Nano Brewers. Discover SafeBrew BR-8 by Fermentus, the first dry brett for secondary fermentation. This yeast strain is a reliable tool for attaining a slightly funky, specific phenolic character in your beers and is already available in 100-gram format and soon in 5-gram sachets. Discover more about SafeBrew BR-8 or other yeast strains at Fermentus.com. We're also brought to you by ABS Commercial. ABS Commercial has been a full-service brewery outfitter for over 10 years, offering brew houses, tanks, keg washers, and small parts to brewers across the country. They're in this business because they're brewers, and so they know the ins and outs of the process and can design the perfect setup for you, whether just starting out or if you're looking to expand. They keep tanks in stock and ready to ship so you can get equipment in your hands sooner. Shop now at abs-commercial.com. Also, you can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nano plus for more details. This is looking like a tough year ahead for brewers. And while there is a focus on the dollars coming in, there are other things that breweries can be looking for to keep business fresh and booming. And there are some practical steps that can be taken to stem downturns. To dive into this, I reached out to Michael Barda. He's the founder of Craft Beer Advisory Services, the first and only full-service market research firm exclusively dedicated to craft beer. He began his professional career in market research roles, advising some of the nation's top universities on attracting students and several Fortune 50 companies on improving brand perceptions. In addition to CBAS, he also leads brand perception research at a Fortune 100 financial firm. Combining his research skill with a passion for craft beer, CBAS was born in the fall of 2021. Since its founding, Michael has delivered CBAS research to more than 200 breweries in over 40 states and more than 10 countries. He joined me via Zoom. Michael, when it comes to the nano segment for the craft industry, 
What are you seeing in terms of consumers? You know, who's interested in the nano segment? And uh, with your yeah. research, are they telling you, you know, why they're interested? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's different than the larger mid-size regional brewery segment. I'll hash out a couple of those, those differences here in a sec. But through our research, for those who may be unfamiliar, we scrape reviews off of Google and Yelp, et cetera. And we categorize those reviews into these different consumer personas. And the personas that we look at are social gatherers. Those are folks who are primarily motivated by uh, the social conversational elements of a visit. Foodies who I can, you know, you can guess what they're motivated by there. Uh, <laughs> beer geeks. Those are the people who are truly committed to the, the craft of it all, understanding uh, the, the process of making the beer, the different hops. We also, uh, then the last three are people who are locals, people who are travelers, and then family visitors. Um, so we took a look at both a nano segment and a larger uh, brewery segment and found some uh, pretty meaningful differences between the two. So the number one segment for nano breweries was actually foodies. Um, so that's pretty huge. That's not the case for the larger brewery segment. The larger breweries, number one persona was social gatherers. Huh. Um, and thinking about what that means for, for nano breweries, uh, food is a necessity. It's not uh, you know a nice to have, it's a need to have, or it's something where um, you know, if you are unable to have it, due to building constraints or potentially even state regulations, you got to allow the DoorDashers to come in and get them some grub while they're drinking. Um, so can I just ask just a little, cause I'm curious about this, this foodies angle though. Um, cause I have friends who, you know, they love to eat and they, you know, they love solid food as it were, but um, there's also a lot of folks who also appreciate like the taste and the artistry of the beers themselves. So it is, is the foodie segment, you know, also folks who are looking for flavor in the beer, tastes of the beer, or is it is it solely what we think of as like breakfast, lunch, dinner? Yeah. So in terms of like it's sort of top five factors for foodies, number one is food, but then okay. number two is beer variety. And I put emphasis on the word variety there because another factor that we look at is a specific beer. And for this foodie population, the variety is actually much more important than a specific beer. Specific beer is actually the number seven factor motivating mm. return visit for this particular persona. The other things that are influencing number three is environment, number four is service, number five is staff. So there are a lot of other things before one particular beer. That's not to say that they won't go crazy for a particular beer. But in terms of what's going to motivate a return visit, variety over an individual beer. Interesting. And and so variety, I, that's like diversity of tap list, right? So it's not just having eight hazy IPAs on tap, but really trying to get a broader spectrum of styles. You got it. Gotcha. Okay. When, when it comes then for, for the places that are serving food or partnering with food trucks or having availability of, of you know, DoorDash deliveries nearby, 
Um, is there a type of food that that you think people are looking for, or is it cutting edge? Is it Instagrammable? Is it nourishing? Like, what's the is is, is do you have data that sort of shows like what they're looking for? We do, we do, and we have it by uh, gender preference as well. Um, so just for all the, the listeners, the data that we are looking at is from 2021. We're currently doing the 2022 slate of research, sure. um, but the data we're speaking about today is the 2021. And it's not mind-blowing, the top foods, regardless of, of gender, just in an overall sense. Number one is pizza, second is burgers, third is fries, fourth is pretzels, fifth is wings, and then variety of sandwiches after that. Um, we do see things like uh, salad actually making a top 10 list. Uh, it's well, actually, that can't be right. I know, right? That's uh, <laughs> pretty crazy to think about. Um, you know, Granted, it's about number 10 on that on that list uh but i wish more breweries had salads i mean it's i i'm I'm not the healthiest guy going but i have found that breweries that have like a really good salad um i'm going to be more inclined to 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 order it but um yeah wings and fries make sense yeah yeah so you know a lot of the times with this data it may not be necessarily rocket science but it is really validating that yes you are doing the right things or you know maybe we don't have pizza and we should introduce a couple flatbreads, those types of things. That makes sense. Um, so sorry, I got us off on, on, on a track. You were on a roll before I, I interrupted. You are all good. Um, so again, speaking for the, the nano segment, those, the next most popular persona is that social gatherer. Those are the people who are chatting it up with their friends, the bartenders there to just generally have a good time. Uh, these are the people that in reviews, they talk a lot about the vibes of a place. And, uh, you know, that's such a general thing. So we also break down, you know, what does a vibe actually consist of? And more often than not, it's outdoor seating, particularly uh, during the COVID period where outdoor seating became the new norm. Um, it's having uh, a view. It's having outdoor heaters. It's having... Uh, you know, music playing or something along those lines. The third persona in, is locals. And this is one that was much higher for nano segments than the larger brewery segment. The larger brewery segment local was actually the fifth, ranked fifth of six in terms of volume of personas. Hmm. Um, and part of that was uh, just likelihoods to leave a review. Um, it was it was much much lower. Fourth for nano segment is beer geeks. This was one that I was surprised by. I figured that beer geek would have been number two or number three. Yeah. Um, for the larger segment, it was number three, uh, but it's actually fewer beer geeks going to the nano breweries than the the larger midsize uh, breweries. And we could probably have a conversation for an hour on that alone of why that might be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, top level though, is there, is there an underlying reason or is it, is it that nuance that we need the full hour? Yeah, I think, you know, we can get through a a short description (laughs) of it here just for, for the sake of the show. Um, When you think about 
what a nano brewery is and it's often a community gathering place it's a place that is so ingrained in that local environment that it's going to attract a, a broader spectrum because they want to support local and you know those types of people uh probably are going to fit into that social gatherer or that local uh bucket and you depending upon where you're at maybe there's not a whole lot of craft beer around and there aren't uh, the opportunities for those beer geeks to really you know get out there and experience it so maybe that nano brewery could be the gateway to creating more beer geeks but um i think it's mostly just because of what a nano brewery is to a particular community as opposed to a larger mid-sized brewery to uh, whatever sort of economic environment it is actually in. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, rounding out real quick, the last two personas in terms of volume, we don't see a lot of uh, family visitors at the nano breweries. Um, that's a, a lower segment, but then the lowest uh, consumer segment is travelers. And that makes sense. Um, yeah. Just thinking about uh who's going to travel to a brewery uh, they're probably going to go to a brewery that's well known that has a reputation that you know invests and has a lot to invest in its marketing um, so no no real like miss there for nano breweries but uh, a difference nonetheless between the larger segments more in just a moment but first thanks to this episode's sponsors and i hope you'll give them a closer look fermentus Hey, Nano Brewers, discover Safe Brew BR 8 by Fermentus, the first dry brett for secondary fermentation. This yeast strain is a reliable tool for attaining a slightly funky, specific phenolic character in your beers and is already available in 100 gram format and soon in 5 gram sachets. Discover more about Safe Brew BR 8 or other yeast strains at fermentus.com. We're also brought to you by ABS Commercial. ABS Commercial has been a full-service brewery outfitter for over 10 years, offering brew houses, tanks, keg washers, and small parts to brewers across the country. They're in this business because they're brewers, and so they know the ins and outs of the process and can design the perfect setup for you, whether just starting out or if you're looking to expand. They keep tanks in stock and ready to ship so you can get equipment in your hands sooner. Shop now at abs-commercial.com. Also, you can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. And now back to Michael Varda, the founder of Craft Beer Advisory Services. So where do you see with your with your research where or or, or how nano brewers should be trying to cultivate these consumers? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think you have to lean into the the top two segments there of foodies and social gatherers and you know this is going to sort of bleed into the second half of our conversation but yeah thinking about how can you 
extend a visit. Um, and you can do that uh, really with those two personas. There's a, a way for each foodie. You have something that's going to, uh, you know, something salty that's going to make them want to drink more beer. Uh, social gatherer, training your staff to uh, understand maybe who's looking for that type of conversation, uh, who wants to chat it up with their friends and kind of be left alone, but figuring out uh, who in the brewery is there to just generally uh, get that social interaction. I think that that's something more or less that we all crave. I know that uh, COVID's still still going around. I actually got it for the first time two and a half weeks ago. Oh, goodness. I uh, thought I was built different for so long, John, but it turns out the COVID doesn't care who you are. It's, uh, it's very, very true. And, you know, I'm, I'm a social guy. When I go to a place, I want to be there talking to, to somebody. So thinking about, um, you know, what you can do uh, in terms of marketing, you know, the food and beer pairings for, for the foodies, what's going to go well with, you know, the uh, flatbread is the example I used earlier, or pretzel or whatever you might have. And social gatherers think about, you know, what do they care about? They care about the environment. Show videos of your uh, interior, show the bartender with a smiling face, create that emotional connection to your venue because at the end of the day it's all about the experience and it's all about when you go somewhere how does that place make you feel and you're going to go back to the place that makes you feel good and understanding that foodies and social gatherers are the top two personas for that nano segment that's where i put my focus on so i know everybody will look at their balance sheet and they'll say okay this is what we did you know last year or six months ago or whatever to try to get a, a, a basis on how things are going now um, dollar wise. But as we sort of head into continued uncertainty uh, in, in and around the beer industry, what are some you know cons- warning signs on the, on the consumer side that small brewers should be on the lookout for um, you know to try to you know stop potential trouble? before it becomes a huge problem? Yeah. Sort of an inelegant question, but I, I think you get what I mean. Yeah, I certainly gather gather the essence of what you're saying. And it, it is such a hard time for everybody, right? Like still uh, not exactly sure where yet geographically, but I'm just outside of DC. Yep. And prices are just continuing to climb. And I don't think that's a DC problem. I think that's an everywhere problem. Um, and it's getting more expensive to, to brew beer. And there's there's pressure in all sorts of situations in all directions. Um, but to kind of get back to your question before I slide off on another rant, um, I think one thing that breweries will have hard data on that they can kind of look at almost in a week by week, month by month scenario is that length of visit comparing you know, your first two weeks of January of 2023 to your first two weeks of January in 2022 and seeing are people spending enough time in seats? Um, and ultimately, if they are, or if that number, you know, that length of visit is the difference is small, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, you're seeing that uh, length of visit shorter, um, that 
is going to be a real warning sign for uh, I think the rest of the year. But then the the strategy then becomes okay, we still have a good volume of customers. How do we lengthen these visits? What is it that we are going to you know try new, or do we need to have a different event on a different day? There are all sorts of different ways to then think about that, but understanding um, that dollars ultimately are going to follow, you know, that length of a visit more or less. And, you know, that's, that's going to be something where I think you're going to be able to see a bigger difference in the data and the numbers that breweries already have and not have to wait three months to be like, Oh, wow, we're, we're in some trouble. Yeah. Um, so, so length of visit seems to be kind of critically important right now. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, are there, when you're thinking about those top two categories, um, was there anything else aside from, from, from what you brought up that you, you think can help contribute to keeping people in a little bit longer? Like are foodies looking for, like what do they, what do they look for? I guess like after the food and after a diverse tap list. Yeah. Do you have any good um, sense? Yeah. Yeah, makes total sense. So after that, it is totally that environment aspect that we talked about. Yeah. Um, and so that's thinking about um, what is it that makes me feel warm? What is it that makes me feel welcome at this environment? But one other thing that I'd be remiss uh, to keep out of this conversation, in addition to looking at what motivates a return visit, we also took an equal look at what motivates someone who's never coming back. And for foodies and social gatherers, the thing that makes them never come back, uh, it's the top two thing for both of them, is service. And huh. you know, I want to talk a little bit about that uh, yeah, please. dichotomy between even service and staff. Um, Staff, we think about the interactions that you're having with people, um, if they're friendly, if they're rude. And that's a negative experience detractor, but it's not super high because honestly, most experiences are pleasant. We don't see a lot of uh, complaints of like, oh, this person was just so rude to me. But where the complaints do come in is in that service element. And thinking about service, we're talking about uh, efficiency, we're talking about um, wait times, we're talking about things of that nature. And for both foodies and social gatherers, uh, the service ranked as an experienced detractor. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of pause there and we can kind of mull this over together a little bit. But <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting to think about uh, the importance of, of speed when it comes to this. And that's another challenge for breweries because in an age where it's difficult to retain staff, um, you know, there's staffing shortages everywhere. Uh, the consumers still have a relatively high expectation and not necessarily a ton of patience for slow service. Yeah. And even if maybe people aren't vocal uh, or would take to, to, to social media to complain about bad service, I know, you know extraordinary circumstances or there's always going to be uh, you know, some people who weigh in um, no matter what. Um, are there more subtle ways of seeing how service is working? Is, 
you know, just like tip percentage factor into that? Yeah, that's a great uh, sort of uh, transition there. There are it's, two things it, I want it's to It's like we rehearsed this beforehand. I know. It, it was so perfect. <laughs> um, Those pre-production meetings are important. Yeah. They sure are. Um, before getting to the tip percentage piece, yeah, uh, I want to talk a little bit about you know what are leading to those negative service reviews, and first impressions are actually uh, responsible for twenty percent of those negative experiences. So that's hostess and seating uh, phase of the visit. If you have a hostess, if not. Um, but one in five of those neutral and negative reviews, folks saying I'm not likely to come back, that was due to something that happened in the first five minutes of, of their entire experience. Um, so I think you know, emphasizing that uh, first impression, again, it's not something that's necessarily rocket science, mm -hmm. but if you get that visit off on the right foot, you're eliminating 20% of those negative service interactions right off the bat. And that's a big chunk for something so simple as a first impression and the first five minutes of a visit. But touching on that second piece of it in terms of, of tip percentage, yeah, uh, this is a space where uh, I know it's a little bit more dollar related than say, you know, wait times. Um, uh, but anyways, the, Tip percentage, I think that's somewhere with pockets being a little bit tighter. I'm I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, as we all could, but uh, I'm guessing that that's somewhere where consumers are going to be a little bit more stringent in their pockets, and they're going to have that higher expectation of service. And uh, you know, if the length of visit is low and the tip percentage is low. I think that those are probably two major red flags that almost go hand in hand. Because if the service is good, uh, you're probably gonna stay longer and you're probably gonna tip better. And in an environment where the consumers are under a lot of financial pressure, um, I, I could see the tip percentage being one of those first things to go, one of those first things to really show up as a warning sign for rough waters ahead. It's not going to be easy going forward, but um, it sounds like with some careful attention to detail and um, you know really thinking about the consumer base, even just beyond the beer itself, that brewers could set themselves up for um, some success. You hope. I agree. It's uh, one thing that I think we've thought for a while that I think is really coming to fruition is it's no longer going to be enough to just have good beer and your consumers to convert them to loyal customers that are regulars you're going to have to provide them some sort of an experience uh, some sort of uh, emotional uh, feeling is and anything with a brand and loyalty it's all about the relational elements and you know, how how that place makes you feel. If I asked you to tell me about your favorite restaurant, um, you know, I'm sure that the food would be good. But I would I would hedge a bet that uh, you're also going to talk about 
you know, the environment and just how you feel there. Maybe you feel fancy. Maybe you're able to feel casual, whatever it is. Um, it's a feeling. And I think that the craft beer space is well on its way to that. That's really cool to hear. Uh, Michael, I know you're going to be at conferences um, around the country and, and, and engaging with folks in, in, in person. For those who might not be able to catch the live show, where can they find you online and social media and virtually? As it yeah, was. absolutely. So our, our website is www.craftbeeradvisoryservices.com. There is a link there to prior research where you can request all of the work that we did in 2021. Um, and all of that is available for free uh, to any, any brewery that is interested in it. Um, and also linked there is uh, any online presentations that we've completed. And then on social media, we are active on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Awesome. I hope people go and check out everything that you're doing. Thanks for the insight. This is this is fascinating. And I'm uh, curious to, to, to learn more. So I hope that at some point you'll be able to come back on the show and we can go a little bit deeper. But um, Michael, thanks for taking the time this, this month and, and being on the podcast. Of course, John. Thanks for having me. How are you keeping customers interested and happy? Email us at nano at byo.com. And I'll invite you to head over to byo.com slash nanopodcast. There, you can subscribe to the newsletter and the magazine and catch up with great pro-brewing content. New episodes of this show are released on the 15th of every month. So subscribe now and never miss a show when it's released. And you can also do us a favor by leaving feedback on your podcast platform of choice or by emailing nano at byo.com or checking in with us on all of the BYO social media channels. And as always, thank you to this episode's sponsors. Fermentus. Hey, Nano Brewers, discover Safe Brew BR 8 by Fermentus, the first dry brett for secondary fermentation. This yeast strain is a reliable tool for attaining a slightly funky, specific phenolic character in your beers and is already available in 100 gram format and soon in 5 gram sachets. Discover more about Safe Brew BR 8 or other yeast strains at fermentus.com. We're also brought to you by ABS Commercial. ABS Commercial has been a full-service brewery outfitter for over 10 years, offering brew houses, tanks, keg washers, and small parts to brewers across the country. They're in this business because they're brewers, and so they know the ins and outs of the process and can design the perfect setup for you, whether just starting out or if you're looking to expand. They keep tanks in stock and ready to ship so you can get equipment in your hands sooner. Shop now at abs-commercial.com. Also, you can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. I'm John Hall, and you can still find me weekly behind the microphone on the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast from All About Beer. Find it where podcasts are found, and I hope you'll tune in. Our theme music was created by Scott McCampbell, and we thank him for that. And once again, be sure to go check out byo.com slash nanopodcast for all of your nano brewing needs. 
And for now, we wish you all the best for a small but successful brew day.